Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date Sunday the 19th of March 2023. Thank you. So, you want us to welcome President Diaf and then show him a few of the local sites? That's the idea. Don't they have tourist guides in Dover? I'm guessing that's not all you'd like us to do, Mother. Well, yes, there might be a little something you could look into while you're there. Rhonda, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but you're looking a little peaky. Are you feeling quite all right? <laughs> There you are. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Mm. Audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. In a moment, Benji and I will be chatting about who knows what. Following that, who knows when? The Good Review (laughs) Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guide. Reviews the reviews of Torchwood, Sunny. I can hear you. Where am I? Then we go behind the scenes with The Avengers, the comic strip adaptations, Volume 7, Steed and Tara King. Yes, not those superhero people. Released on Tuesday, the 21st of March. My name is Samuel Clemens, and I am the producer and director of this series of The Avengers. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast epicfinish.com. Electronic mail, you say? What a wonderful invention. In our also available segment this week, it's Torchwood, The Thirst Trap, out on Thursday the 23rd of March. All my life as I live and breathe! Reese. Then the Randomoid Selectatron will, once again, be delivering a random release with a 25% discount deftly attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Nick will now future edit in a clip to tease you. Oh, here we go from the future. Stay with me, please. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's The Avengers, The Fabulous Sky Beam Dilemma by Nigel Fares. Come on, sir. I don't think that's very wise, is it? (laughs) Sir, would you please take that balloon out of your mouth? Oh, dear. (laughs) A great title. Boo. I like it. I like it a lot. It's amazing, isn't it? So, um, what have you been doing this week? Drinking a lot of Vimto. Um, <laughs> yes, so- I know. I thought you were drinking red wine earlier. It's really weird. <laughs> no, it's my latest obsession. Is uh, I've just got really into drinking Vimto. Um, okay. What have I been up to this week? That's a I've very good question. Nick. Soda drinks are available, I should say. Yes, they, they are. But this one is the stuff. Um, <laughs> I've been editing some trailers this week. Uh, as oh, you would have heard yes. yesterday, Nick, I've just cut together the trailer for Space 1999. Space. It's out there. It is out there. Um, I've been doing a bit of recording uh, with dear old Mr. Tom Baker, no less. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, as, as I've also been sort of shouting at the internet people because my internet at the studio has been terrible and BT have been giving me an, an awful lot of jip for quite a few weeks now but hopefully fingers crossed uh i'll be at the end of it but that has really been my life nick that's that's what is going on in my neck of the woods what about yourself because you've been a busy old bee haven't you yes uh listeners at home will be able to hear an awful lot of noise behind me because we've got a landscape gardener in who's just i don't know what he's doing but he seems to be shoveling he's landscaping isn't he he's shoveling something he's terraforming our garden <laughs> it's going to be suitable for zygons and a scarison um <laughs> yes i've been in studio directing some more third doctor adventures and spoiler alert which i'll get clobbered by marketing for uh, it's uh, the third doctor and liz shaw oh Brilliant. So lovely uh, three days with Tim Trelaw, who now apparently is known as Trevor Trelaw, but that's another joke. Another tale. <laughs> and uh, Daisy Ashford. And, and she, it's, and the funny thing is, Stephen Noonan, who has to be mentioned in this podcast, of course, our glorious first It's in the doctor. contract. It's yeah, in the contract. Yeah, it's a wonderful human being. Um, uh, great guy. Uh, he, he wasn't there. But it's like he was never far away because uh, Tim and Daisy had recently been to Gallifrey One, the big, you know, fantastic Doctor Who convention in L.A. 
and they'd spent a lot of time with Stephen and just you know they spoke about him with such great affection it was lo- lovely to, to hear. I think I think they all they had uh, Stephen Noonan impersonations he's aware of these impersonations <laughs> so I'm not saying anything that will upset him hopefully um, yeah doesn't Daisy so, call him Steve Steve she's decided <laughs> to call him as, as read out in last week's email from Stephen from Steve I can't call him Steve I have to call him Stephen that's how I first saw his name written down so I'm just going with that yeah so uh so it was funny to be i really keep thinking that i spent last week with stephen noonan and he wasn't actually there <laughs> oh well hopefully in a i don't know a few months time there'll be another studio session with stephen anyway i hope you're listening stephen and a big hello and a huge virtual hug from me time now for our good review regard good review regard Time now for our Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Torchwood Sunny. It's such a racket going on behind me today. I can't hear it. It sounds no, very... It's... Zoom is cutting it out. Looks like, it looks like it's the old Adobe Enhance for you too, Nick. Um, <laughs> who knows? I think you have to do it, man. You sure, she's... From Big Finish Productions, Torchwood, Sunny. There he goes. Wait! What's the matter? What if there's something bad, Reese, and we activate it? Mum, come on. There's a button. I can hear you. Where am I? We're in the Gladewater Retirement Home, Sonny. You say something? Hello, Sonny. I am Sonny. I am your friend. Oh, oh, maybe I pressed the... Hello, I am Sonny. I am your friend. Friend. Big finish for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Sunny, S-O-N-N-Y, into the search pane at the top to find this one. Well, that's what Tony Filer at Watch oh. Factor's done first up here. Tony uh, Filer. You say, know, he's, gonna, he's, he's developing a podcast, Tony Filer is. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, Filing yeah. with Filer. <laughs> it's just, just him sort of standing around going, I'll put this one in cabinet B in the <laughs> Z section. There we go. Right. Yes. Um... Well, I'm course, looking forward uh, to hearing it. Oh, it'll be, it'll be a delight. Hurry up, Tony. We want to hear your podcast. Sunny is a thing of beauty, philosophy, and with no irony whatsoever. Care. I said whatsoever in a funny way then, but never mind. Um, it might well leave you with a tear in your non-synthetic eye, and it may even make you think about your future, the future of people you love, and how to weave a more caring pathway through the insanely demanding productivity of the 21st century. Mm. Either way, it's a hugely atmospheric piece of audio drama that draw you in, makes you think, and leaves you pondering the society in which we live. Yeah, you see, that is a perfect review. It's just will inspire you to buy this. The Tortured Range, just uh, it's just so many brilliant dramas in it. Uh, whoreview.com, and no name attributed. So, Mr Nabodi, the story touches on some really emotional themes and Hopley makes no compromises when it comes to exploring these in detail. I'm guessing that's Lizzie Hopley. Well done, Lizzie. Uh, Though it may seem like a run-of-the-mill robot invasion story peripherally, Sunny is much more than that and continues the trend of the Torchwood range setting an extremely high bar, not only for Big Finish, but also for audio drama in general. More like this, please. Five stars. I might as well have just read this review out rather than the thing I said before it because that summed it up even better. There we go. Leave it to our lovely listeners to, to do the work for us cultbox.co.uk Ian McArdle says Sunny is another engaging slice of Torchwood whilst it has smaller stakes than some stories it prompts grown-up questions in terms of household chores and repetitive or dangerous tasks technological assistance can be useful but such assistance highlights our deficiencies too are there some areas of our lives which demand a genuine human interaction Regardless of the cost, well, 
I think they should speak to pretty much every company that has a, a phone line because I think that would be most helpful. Yes, um, yes. Four stars from uh, the Ianster at uk. there. There we go. Yeah. Now, I, what was my favourite phrase? Technological assistance can be useful. Technological assistance <laughs> can be useful. Very nice. Um, uh, Blogtohu.com, Peter Nolan. Um, which, uh, there's a retrospective of him at the BFI, actually, in all his uh, 1970s TV shows and his singing career. I just Have they got that, that, that sort of lovely lemon piping ski suit that he wore? That's right, they have. In fact, they're selling copies of it in the foyer. And there'll be a really? special uh, quiz of Nolan in the bar oh. uh, for anyone who wants to... Uh, uh, does that come with a free Nolanator cocktail? It does, yes, that's right, with a very zesty uh, lemon uh, twist. Oh, lovely. <laughs> to go with the lemon piping. Exactly. I can see what they're doing. Yeah, very, very there's smart. A lemon, there's a lemon theme with uh, Peter Nolan. Didn't you receive an email from Peter Nolan as well? Uh, did I? <laughs> yes, you did, it was, but it wasn't the Peter Nolan we know. It was a different Peter Nolan. Was yeah. it, it was a spam email. It was a spam email from a Peter Nolan, yeah. Can I just look it up and see what it was? Did I mention this in the podcast? I just told you this. I think you just emailed it to me. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Peter... <laughs> it's a bit of business spam here, folks. Peter Nolan, business funding solutions. Hi, Nicholas. <laughs> Following on from my last email, are you looking for a business loan? At Sedulo Funding Solutions, we are experts in helping business owners access the best funding in the market to allow them to achieve their goals. Just send a huge check to this address and we will <laughs> run away with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. He just wants to loan me money, basically. Well, Peter, we maybe this is another job that Peter Nolan, the ace reviewer and former 70s TV star and singer. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, maybe I Peter did. was just hanging around, just thought, do you know what? I might as well just send Nick this as an email. I mean, I'm sending it to everybody else in the emails, you know. Yeah, Might yeah. as well send him some spam. Wonderful spam. Thank you. Boop, 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 so, boop, anyway, this spam. is what Peter, who has no idea that this podcast exists, I'm sure, uh, says. He says, Lizzie Hopley displays a keen understanding of human psychology and codependent relationships. The result is a story that might be low on action, save for an 11th hour journey into the territory of 80s family adventure films, but it's a sophisticated science fiction character piece from five minutes into the future. Ooh, we like sophisticated character pieces, don't we? Joining Twitterama now, uh, one, one nerd, so that's one as a word and then one as a as a numeral it's going to be complicated now isn't it <laughs> no complications this is a story yeah, that I forgot I pre-ordered sorry what did you say I said I can't stand this confusion in my mind <laughs> anyway yes this is a story that I forgot I pre-ordered that's a that's a telling admission but I'm so thankful that I did this story is one of my favourite Torchwood audios the stories. It's so emotional, it almost had me cry. Absolutely amazing. Had me cry. That's an interesting turn of phrase. It had it? me cry. Well, Lesser Joke says, Torchwood Sunny is one of the creepiest things Big Finish has ever put out in years. No, I just read that wrong, sorry. <laughs> just making stuff. Just up. making, I'm just making up my own rules. Torchwood Sunny is one of the creepiest things that Big Finish has put out in years. And for that robot laugh alone. I see. And that's it from the Good Review Guy this week. Thanks, Guy. Uh, next time, we'll be looking at Space 1999 Earthbound. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, our trip behind the scenes with Torchwood, the thirst trap, plus the Randomoids Electrotron totally randomly giving you a 25% discount on an audio adventure from Big Finish. A randomly breathtaking value. <laughs> but first, let's go behind the scenes with the Avengers, or not the superheroes, but those ultra-cool 1960s spy-fi thrillers. My name is Samuel Clemens, and I am the producer and director of this series of The Avengers, Steed and Miss King, the comic strip adaptations. When we decided to do another box set of Steed and Miss King, and we're quite lucky because there are quite a lot of comic strips yet to do, so 
John Dorney and myself sort of went through the comic strips that we have access to and we just started pulling out ones that we thought might be good and we sort of made choices of ones you know in the future as well because you don't want to kind of do all the best ones straight away so you kind of want to filter it through so you've got a combination of you know stronger stories and 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 maybe ones that need a little bit more attention give you a little more free reign to sort of invent i am mr vopper i'm sure you are mate but i'm afraid you're gonna have to go and do your whopping somewhere else today are you sure officer perhaps i can tempt you with a little iced lolly the tone of the tara king episodes like the television show is a little bit more i suppose a little bit more wild and wacky i would say that the steed and mrs peel are a little bit more espionage orientated and not that these aren't at all but there's there's a slightly more otherworldly quality to them and in the comic strips as well so when we started thinking about who we wanted to be involved with this a few writers came to mind uh firstly John Dorney was an obvious choice, being script editor for this series, and knowing the Avengers so well, it made uh, total sense to give one to him. And then I really enjoyed working on the previous box set with Steed and Peel, and I thought it'd be nice for them, um, because they've got a, a great sensibility, and, and I think they sort of adapted the last one, on the, the not the, the one previous to this, uh, Steed and Mrs Peel, it was Listen and Hear, with Robert Kahn and Tom Selinski. And I thought that they're sort of tone would fit uh, Tara King's um, box set quite nicely and having done a Steed and Mrs Peel I thought it'd be nice to give them the opportunity to do a Tara King one as well and then lastly someone that was new to the to the Avengers as a writer was Nigel Fares who I've worked with quite a lot doing the Big Finish originals the Shilling and Sixpence Investigate series both season one and season two and because he's a huge fan of the Avengers and uh, has done Sapphire and Steel, I just thought he would bring a really nice sensibility to this set. Hello, I'm Nigel Fares, and I wrote the fabulous Skybeam Dilemma. I can't expect you to wheel me around all day, Steed. You've got a president to entertain when we finished. I... What is it? You found something, haven't you? I think I have, yes. I was in an episode of The Avengers for Sam, and had such a fabulous time that day in the studio that I said to him at the end of the day, I, I, I want to write one of these. Probably said it several times over several glasses of wine. So he, he was obviously battered down by the end of it. And this is a very wild and wacky tale. It's kind of got a, a slight feel of... Um... I don't know, it reminds me of a bit of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, in a way. It sort of starts with uh, Steed and Tara King uh, being asked to look after uh, a visiting royal from a sort of uh, European country that we don't really mention, a place called Gunstadt. And then ensues an absolutely bizarre twisting and turning tale of avoiding assassination attempts uh, every given turn and uh, people being caught in the firing line mind control all of that sort of i suppose that's like 60s mind control theme that was, was always running through um tv uh, at that period as well so that that's very much pre uh, prevalent in this also ice creams and you get a little bit of mother in this and Rhonda, which is lovely as well so it's a it's a real eclectic mix this one i'm julian wadham and i'm playing john steed up for a little hand-to-hand -hand combat Ooh, why not after you no please after you all right oh, oh nice shoes <laughs> Thank you. No, I wasn't talking about yours. I meant his. Well, there have been many fun moments, many scenes, lots of, uh, of mainly filled with grunting and punching and oofs and us and all the rest of it, as usual. Um, but I've, as always, it's really the comedy that I I enjoy and and the. The paciness of this particular script has been fun. It's very visual. It's like a it's like a film sequence, almost like uh, you know a, a, that uh, train sequence in the Bond film. I find it very visual the whole thing, and I I, I I enjoy the journey. My name is Emily Woodward, and I play Tara King. I also do love the uh, Steed and Tara moments. Just the just the quiet little moments, generally at the end of the scripts, where you know they're sort of the only people in the room, and there's a sort of a familiarity between them and a, a sort of the relationship is obviously you know older younger but there's a mutual respect and um 
I think she adores him and vice versa. And I really, I enjoy those sort of quiet moments when it's them. As well as I love the the big, you know, the big running around and the action scenes and stuff. That's really fun. Um, but as an actor, I think those sort of, you know, um, small scenes together, I really, I get a lot out of. And how this works, basically, is uh, John and I assign a strip to uh, the writer or writers and allow them the freedom to play within the structure that is there and to create a little bit more than obviously that is on the page because the, the comic strips are quite small. So there is an opportunity to sort of extend, uh, add other characters and uh, allow things to breathe. And we usually, sometimes we keep the same title, but sometimes we rename them. In this case, I think we renamed most of them. Having written a huge number of um, sort of fairly angsty, emotional, character-driven dramas for Big Finish over the years, and also, you know, for theatre and, and my own projects. It was something that I was very much attracted to, that sort of lightness of touch that you get with the Avengers, particularly with the set of characters that Sam gave me, when you watch them on the DVDs, as I did, there's such a glorious lightness to it and, um, dare I say, campness <laughs> to the uh, episodes. Uh, sort of, they're a little off the wall, aren't they? Which really appealed to me. I think Nigel uh, would probably be first to say that he was a huge fan of Thunderbirds and there is a feeling of that sort of, I don't know, double-crossing, mind-control, espionage, uh, it's like chaos... Um, you know the catastrophe side of it there's 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 tanks in it there's crowds there's cinemas i mean it, it, it's it's a very busy um episode but i think it's a great deal of fun and it would be one that would clearly break the bank if they were filming them well just go to bigfinish.com to find this one type tara king that's t-a-r-a king k-i-n-g into the search pane at the top to find this great set of avengers adventures out on tuesday the 21st of march Avenger and Avenger and Avengers. I know, I thought that when I said it. I was like, the Avenger and Avengers. Yeah, good, in the house. Uh, meanwhile, the house. it's time for... <clears throat> Listener's email. And you don't have to avenge nor adventure if you want to send or receive an email. It's sort of just a part of our lives now, isn't it? just part of it. You know, it's just, just like going down the shops. But if you do want to get in touch, it's so simple. Just send an email using your electronic letterbox to podcastabigfinish.com. And that's exactly what Justin Bush did. Um, it says here the subject is Noonan and Gill, which sounds like a sort of Victorian sort of... Uh, <laughs> Do you want to be like a, a yes. law firm or something? Yes, yes. And welcome to Noonan and Gill, a law firm since 1802. <laughs> uh, take a seat. Not in that chair. That's Mr. Humphrey's chair. Um, dear Nick and Benji. <laughs> I don't know why he's gone back in time, but strange well, things He was a time traveller. I don't know whether you knew that. Mr. Humphrey's in Are You Being Served? There's, was he really? There's a that whole spin-off time traveller series they made Ralph. with him. Humphreys in what you time, miss, isn't it? <laughs> Humphreys in time. Um, well, yeah, takes a whole new meaning to the and, terms "I'm free." That's exactly free to and travel through time. The, the, hey, and, the, and at the end of each episode, the cliffhanger, rather than that from Doctor Who, just went "I'm free." Now there was a, there was a theme tune that had a, a fantastic intro, you know, and all that change. We're talking about a sitcom from the 1970s on BBC One, folks. God, are you being so? Dear Nick and Benji, and the irony is, it's not going to be about are you being served at all? No, or Humphreys in time. Dear Nick and Benji, hi there. Hi there. Firstly, to ensure Stephen Noonan is discussed in every podcast yes. after his delightful date-filled email last week, particularly the mention of Seeds of Doom, my favourite TV story, mm. I wanted to share two things. Okay. I recently saw the truck in the attached photo, Noonan Transportation, oh, yes, which of course sense. proves that you'll find connections to Big Finish everywhere. <laughs> you just have to look. After that, I did the attached painting of Mr. Noonan in costume as the first Doctor. So clearly, his performance has been on my mind a lot lately. 
after the especially magnificent Demon Song and Instant Incident, which was one of the best sets of 2023 so far. Oh, thank Coral you. Praise thank in this you. neck of the woods, yeah, aren't yeah. we? Blimey. And it's, and it's a lovely, lovely, fun bit of artwork with Stephen Noonan as the first doctor. It worked really well, actually. Well, secondly, uh, I had to sing some praises for old friends. The Ninth Doctor Adventures covered eloquently last week in the Good Review Guide. My specific anecdote is that Roy Gill holds the award for the only Doctor Who writer to make me publicly moved to tears. <sighs> wow. Uh, you see, I made the crucial mistake of listening to his two-part story uniting the Ninth Doctor and Brigadier whilst running errands. And my word, that beautifully written reunion brought more than a tear to my eye. It's my suspicion that it won't be long before Mr. Gill will be considered the definitive writer for Eccleston's Doctor. Keep up all the good work in the house. Your <laughs> friend, Justin Bush. Marvellous. Thank you, Justin. How lovely. And yeah, and obviously Roy Gill. Lovely chap, lovely writer. Um, I, any Big Finish stories made you cry? A Death in the Family made me cry. Death in the Family? That is a... Yeah. Did any make me cry? I don't think so. I'm not. I'm quite hard to move to tears for when I listen to things. Okay. I don't, you know. I, I don't really cry. I think one of the only films I've ever cried in was The Elephant Man. Oh yeah, I so, cry when that starts because I know what's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's that that one moves me to tears. But apart from that, I don't really, I don't really get moved to tears in things. Just not built that way. He's just a he's a hard I'm not man. That way. <laughs> I, I get uh, moved to tears out of frustration uh, uh, yes. with the human race. With what? Sorry, the human race. Oh, you know, the human race. Well, yeah. We can all uh, identify with that. I think I told you that the, the death in the family one. I I was listening to it on my car stereo heading down to the studio in near Tunbridge Wells, and I and I, there was just a particularly moving bit, and I just quite literally burst into tears. Aww. And then I arrived at a junction when the car pulled up beside me and they looked round and there I was just crying at the steering wheel. I was like, oh God, I wish the lights would change. It's not really <laughs> stupid. There was also a bit in Survivors very early on in, I don't know, Series 3 or 4 or something, where someone just kills a dog. Oh God, yeah, that, that was horrible. Just to prove a point. You know, no, and it just... And the dog was really important to the person, you know, they, they were basically saying, I will destroy anything that you care about. I think it just, was the fifth box set. Uh, yeah, I and think. it just, when I first heard that, when I was doing the music for it, I just, um, I just got up and walked out of the house. I was just, I had to just run away. I was so upset. Yeah. Gosh. There's some, yeah, that was that, I mean, that is a series fraught with all kinds of sort of disturbing and sad Ooh. bits. I seem to recall in the second Doctor, um, it was the, I think it was volume one or volume two. Mm. Um, it was um, Deborah Watling's last story that she did with us. And it just so happened that I think it, it sort of, we didn't know at the time when it was recorded, but it sort of mimicked some, a sort of sad end for Victoria in a way in that. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember hearing, I remember working on it. Um, not you know just doing doing it and make it made me feel quite sad anyway but then in retrospectively listening to it and feeling really sad because it kind of meant a lot more you know um so yeah i remember that one touched me but mm. yeah it's it's a difficult one for for tears with me okay benji well well sorry it's just difficult yeah, one. i mean we are all our own people with our own lived experience uh next up a very interesting one from mark bennett uh, subject line is that awful sound <clears throat> right hi Nick and Benji hope you're doing well at the risk of sounding like Joseph Lidster no one can sound like Joseph Lidster uh, remembering remember com competition gate he used to object to the competition <laughs> music <laughs> that music uh, I'm writing to beg you to consider discontinuing the use of a specific recurring assault on the eardrums for many years now you're behind the scenes extras have commenced with it and indeed are regularly interspersed with it a sound that is hard to describe but perhaps having one's eardrums attacked by a fast moving and hard bristled scrubbing brush comes close <laughs> you know the one don't you benji is it the 
Every once in a while, I let myself hope that it will one day go away, but it just keeps turning up like the proverbial bad penny. Maybe I'm the one that finds it. Maybe I'm the only one that finds it extremely abrasive. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a pleasant sound, is it? Actually, I do know one other person who shares one of my two sensory sensitivity issues who's also mentioned it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's more endured rather than enjoyed by the majority. I always power through with it anyway, as I'm enough of a completionist to want to know what actor A thought about separate booths or (laughs) actor B made of the lunches. A ritual in itself, of course. And the occasional gem of a new angle does turn up now and again. certainly does. Eccleston and others talking about what books inspired them and why Uh, composers talking about their approach to the story's themes that sort of thing but surely you must have something slightly nicer to listen to as your equivalent of the pips uh, than the that veritable scouring pad of a noise please just think about it maybe it has some huge fans who will now write in to say don't you dare but in the hope that they don't i'm asking nicely i love so much about the excellent sound design and music that Big Finish has given us over the years. So I know I'm probably being disproportionately whingy about this, but it really does do my head in that noise. Well, you know, I think, Mark, I think you've put that beautifully, and it does make me want to change it, frankly. Um, But I don't want to upset anyone either way, really. So what do people think? Please do let us know. Um, We could easily come up with something else, couldn't we, Benji? The email itself just reminded me of that Anthony Newley song. You know, it's called Which The one? Noise. Oh. I went up to a policeman. I said, can you hear that noise? He looked at me as if I was a gang of old teddy boys. I said, you should arrest it for disturbing people's peace. He said, all right, my lad, move on before I call the police. <laughs> but it's the whole song is just these weird... All these weird noises. <laughs> Have you ever tried to push a policeman through a letterbox? It's all right until you get up to his boots. I mean, who <laughs> writes a, a... That's a terrible joke, isn't it? But um, it's got a great. Where's the? Oh, let me Who see if I can just play the noise. Anthony Newley. Oh, he actually wrote it. And didn't Anthony just sing Newley. Doctor Doolittle. Anyway, there's more to Mark's. Yeah, but please, folks, let's start a debate. And I'm really, I'm really sorry, Mark, that that's that's annoying you. That's the Anthony Newley noise. Wow. Well, Nick can't hear it, so hold I'm on. I'm just pretending to hear it. I'll hear it. You can it hear on the it now. I love it. It's a great noise, isn't it? It is a great noise. Perhaps we should put that. What do you think about that, Mark? <laughs> yeah, let's just replace it with an even. I'll tell you what I'll do. The actually. thing about I'll, I'll... this uh, script is that I really enjoyed it. Well, why don't I record a fast-moving and hard-bristled scrubbing brush coming close every once in a while? I think I could do that, and maybe that would that would be you know at least then Mark would have you know some he'd actually be able to say well that's the noise you know. I don't think we'll do that, Mark. Actually, one other thing I'd like to ask, if I may, asks anyway. In the power of the Doctor, we were given a seemingly healthy. Tegan, who had, hadn't had seen the Doctor in 37 years. We also hear Ace tell the Master, the last time I saw you, you were a cat. Uh, will you be papering over the continuity cracks with anything explicitly and retrospectively addressing these slight misalignments with your own expanded universe additions to the canon? Or must we resort to the Time War did it in it or rendering some stories unbound which always feels considerably less satisfying, even upsetting, and I tend to consider a last resort. It's really... A difficult one. I read those things in the script and I almost, I almost phoned Chris Chibnall and said, do you think that maybe the uh, the business about the, the last time I saw you, you were a cat, could you consider taking that out? Because you've just nixed a load of stories we've done. But then I thought it's not my place. I'm just the voice of the Daleks and I didn't want to abuse my friendship with Chris by asking him to compromise his artistic vision. So um, it's just one of those things, you know, Chris doesn't listen to Big Finish, so he had no idea. And I don't know, I think the only way... I know people are really concerned about canon, and this is something where a lot of people, you know, don't agree with me. I, I feel that it's just... It only matters if it's a good story, because, you know, it is all made up. Of course it has to... As much as possible, there needs to be an elegance, and it needs to make sense and, and join up. But if it doesn't, because of peripheral factors, like the showrunner, funnily enough, not being in thrall to spin-off audios, <laughs> why should he be? You know, then 
I don't think there's any way around it, is there? Unless you know better, Mark, or anyone else. Uh, thanks in advance, should you choose to read this email out. There you are. Uh, if so, I will brace myself for the inevitable no plans, just imagine type response that will no doubt be given politely, concisely and pointedly to both questions. Best wishes to you both and thanks for all your hard work, Mark. Yeah, let's maybe consider changing the behind the scenes noise. Um, um, right. We've got one final one here from D.P. Savensky. Uh, subject to the music of the return of Joe Jones. It's funny, isn't it? It's quite a musical podcast this week. We've had all sorts. Uh, it says here, Dear Nick and Benji, this is a thank you for Big Finish music, and in particular, the incidental music from the latest Third Doctor series, The Return of Joe Jones. Oh, Nick, you'll like this one. Mm. The stories and acting in Big Finish productions are so good that it is easy to overlook how brilliant the music is. My pals and I have playlists of Big Finish music and listen often. Anyone who hasn't done this should try it. Mm -hmm. uh, there is Big Finish music to work to, to run to, and to relax to. Oh. The music stands on its own. It's got Lex, you know. Uh, the third Doctor audio series are faithful to the original series in the way the spirit of John Pertwee's tenure is so well captured. But the music, more than anything, transports a listener back to how it felt to watch those early episodes. Thank you, Mr. Briggs. Thank you. Your compositions are a time machine. <laughs> also, Howard Carter's symphony suite in The Crimes of Thomas Brewster is a masterpiece. Joe Kramer's music from the Quantum Possibility Engine tells the story almost as well as the dialogue. Uh -huh. Your composers so often uniquely capture the qualities of each Doctor and their companions. Yeah. How do you choose who works on which projects? Wilfredo Acosta's soundtrack in Assassination Games is tailor-made for the only companion who took on and defeated a Dalek with a baseball bat. The music is ace. Howard Carter's music suite for the Night Doctor from the opening notes captures the mystery and possibility and energy of Mr. Eccleston's Doctor and his enjoyment on display in the new box sets. The music works for Eccleston's Doctor in exactly the way that it would not work well for any other. I ordered the special edition of Once and Future series and look forward to all of it, including the musical compositions. Your composers are fantastic. Uh, so glad that you have so much talent in the house. Uh, <laughs> for the love of music, D.P. Savinsky. Oh, wow, D.P. Savinsky. Lovely email, yeah, lovely yeah, email. Last so week many... and just thought this was worth it again to put it in. Um, um, not the same email, obviously. <laughs> just the same email every week. That every great, week. Uh, thank you very much. How do we choose? That's your, your question there. How do we choose who works on which projects? Well, it's a combination of... Producer's preference and availability. Producer and director's preference, really. Um, yeah, that's that's how we think. Oh, so and so would be good for this. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I, I I mean Jamie Robertson was doing a fantastic job with the Third Doctor Adventures, but there was one in particular, and I, I think I did the first one. Yeah, I did, and I and I just suddenly I think it was Primord. I thought I really want to do this. And, yeah. so, and from then on, I've kind of nabbed them all. And, and it's just been the most exciting experience for me. Did I quote that David Bowie quote that was on the Internet the other week about he said the best place to be is the creative equivalent of just going out of your depth in the water where your feet can't quite touch the ground. And you're yeah. feeling it. that he said, that's when you do your best, best work. place and, to be. And yeah. That's, and that's how I feel with music for me, because, you know, I'm not musically trained. And so I'm constantly worrying about drowning but uh, seem to well, you never want to you never want to be you don't you don't want to play anything to say the funniest thing is I'm, as you were saying that i looked up because i've got a picture of david bowie and mark bolan on my wall and i just looked <laughs> up and he's looking at me right now um can but you no, do I your music. Uh, you, you've got to. Can you do your Mark Bolan though? You can't say Mark Bolan without doing it. Well, I mean, Mark Bolan's voice. He's, he's ever so. You know, that sounds like uh, Tony Blair. Oh, that's, that's how he talks. He does talk like that. Mark's. He's got this incredible voice like that. He's, he's very soft spoken. And then when yeah, when he sings, it's all you know. Will you ever see a woman riding in a New York City? It's really hard to do it in this room because it's very echoey. David Bowie's when he talks. 
because he doesn't like people seeing his teeth. So when he talks, he's he keeps his mouth quite sort of rigid like that, you know. Oh, yeah, he says, uh, I like it when he says songs. <laughs> I've got these new songs uh, which I'm doing today. Yeah. It's a song, you man. I'm doing his mouth now. I'm keeping my lips over my teeth. Just sort of keep it, yeah, sort of. Because he's he sings. It's it's not like this, but when he talks, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> Seems um, like Anthony Newley. He t- <laughs> yes, he does. He did. He he based it on that. That was the very first Bowie FM. <clears throat> Uncle Arthur. Um, ha ha ha! I, I love that song. Rubber band. I am the leader of the gang. A rubber band. Um, so good. Well, before we get to hit for payments on all this music, that's it for this week's emails. Uh, we, down, down. <laughs> I feel that. Like, we? Yeah, I think I gave an answer to that last one, didn't I? Anyway, uh, we look forward very much to reading more emails from your good selves next week. As you regular lovelies will know, the Randomoids Electrotron is getting into gear as we speak. Preparing to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Superb value. Yes. We'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of The Avengers, The Fabulous Sky Beam Dilemma by <laughs> Nigel Fares. What an amazing title. Uh, but before all that, time now to go behind the scenes with Torchwood, The Thirst Trap. Hello, my name is Tom Price and I play Sergeant Andy Davison and I have written this script. Hi, my name is Kai Owen and I play Reese Williams. Oh, my life as I live and breathe. Reese, I am mate. Oh, yeah, you're right. What's going on? You're a runner now, are you? What do you mean? You're sweating like a weevil in a microwave. I just spotted you running, so I thought I'd come and say hi. 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 I first came up with this when I was living with Kai in Los Angeles when we were <laughs> filming series uh, four of Torchwood. Badoosh, and, the LA word. Uh, did I drop that in? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of wish fulfillment. I mean, if you mean less with the uh, less with the Reese plot and more with actually a successful date, then, you know, maybe there's some wish fulfillment there. But it occurs to me, having been with my wife for nearly 20 years, I've not been on a date. So actually, even the act of writing a date was oh, quite... Oh, to write a date. What happens at a date? What do people do now at dates? Do they just compare sort of YouTube videos or do they actually have a conversation and sort of talk about each other? It's very odd. Anna? Is it Anna? Hi. Andy? That's the badger. Nice to meet you. I'm Andy. Sorry I'm a bit... Only about two minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> This now whenever app makes us all a bit manic. It's like being on date alert all the time. (laughs) Hello, I'm Rebecca Traherne and I'm playing Anna. Anna works in Civil Contingency, the Strategic Planning Methodology Department. And she is... She's a very efficient woman. She's in a high-powered executive job and she's terrific at her job. But then we get to see this delightful other side of her when she comes under the influence of the app. I think I've particularly enjoyed the banter between Anna and Andy quite early on, you know, when when they're in the ride-along together and when Andy is more preoccupied with hot dogs than with doing his job and Anna kind of slaps him down. That was great fun. I mean, I'll happily risk my friend's reunited account for you, I'm not losing access to my ISA because you want pudding. Anyway, this is all part of the fun, no? Especially when everyone's at it. She's far too intelligent. She's she's bright. She she's she's got perfect twenty twenty vision. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that's deeply unfair. Um, I think Anna is uh, Anna needs uh, love and enthusiasm in her life. You know, maybe she works too hard at the council and everything is a little bit too, um, you know, uh, uh, by numbers and spreadsheets. And Andy is the exact opposite of that. He's sausage rolls and mess. So uh, yeah, it's a great it's it's a great combo. I think it's great. I think I think I think Andy with a partner, uh, not 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 uh, you know in a, in his personal life would be. Uh, there, there's so much scope there. I think that that'd be lovely to see. And and I must say, I'm a massive fan of Rebecca Traherne as well. She's, she's brilliant. Just, she's a legend. I know Rebecca oh. from uh, from before. I've worked there before, but she's just fantastic. And I think more of Reese and Andy, but definitely more of Andy and Anna. Yeah, all the cast today, all of them. Yeah, absolutely superb. Really great. Excuse me, my love, coming through. Ugh. Ow! This is a park, not a running track, man. Watch where you're going. Eh? You heard. I didn't see you coming. You were going too fast, too. Yeah, well, some of us have places to be. You're not the only one with places to be, actually. 
I'm Natalia Hines and I'm playing Phoebe and Becky. Phoebe is a young mum. She's having what we would say is a bad day. Um, throughout the episode, we see the build-up of everything that's going on with the phone app, uh, the dating app, now or never. Phoebe has a young baby that she's left at home. And so she's in a bit of a panic. Oh, I got you, I got you. Shh, 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 shh. What's your name then? Uh, there's a Z over his bed. Uh, Zebedee? No, 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 no. He, he looks like a Xander, maybe? Oh, my God, Zach. Zach, are you OK? Zach, of course. He seems fine. I think he was still asleep until I smashed the door in. I would say, though, there were the moments where uh, in the supermarket, the classic supermarket, me as a little curious toddler would run off down one of the aisles and there'd be a panicked moment where my mum would have to run after me and, and chase me and try to find me because I'd hide and climb inside um, the railings of or what all the shelves. So the panicked moments did happen with my mum. <laughs> Sunil, Sunil, where you been? Where is everyone? Just got back in from a call out. Where have you been? On a call out as well. How did yours go? A bit of a dead end, to be honest. Uh, time wasters, bane of my life. Bane of all of our lives, Sarge. Hi, my name is Sanjay Mida. I am playing the role of Sunil, or Sunny. I can describe Sunny as, well, my brother's name is actually Sunil, and his name is Sunny as well, so maybe he's just my brother in my eyes. But Sunny, you know, he comes into the police office, he does his work. He's, he's capable of a lot more than he feels like he's been doing. Um, you know, with, with Andy at the realm, obviously, as you can tell, it's a nice, not too much going on at Cardiff. He's got some bigger plans. He just wants to, who knows, take over the world. And um, I feel like when once he gets a bit of, you know, a bit of power, Maybe it takes over him. We look after people, remember? And? Turn the app off, Sunil, before total saturation. Because whatever you're working for, you don't know what happens next. No. I really don't think that you're that much of a monster. Kill the app. No! And remember, just go to bigfinish.com and type first trap into the search pane at the top to find this latest episode in our truly outstanding Torchwood series released on Thursday the 23rd of March. Make a note of that date. Any minute now, we'll be drama-teasing you with the first 15 minutes of The Avengers, The Fabulous Sky Beam Dilemma by Nigel Fares. In the meantime, it's... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. What we got? Oh, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Activating. It is Confessions of Dorian Gray, Series 5. Ooh. Has the search engine found it? It has, by typing in the entire title. Written by Guy Adams, Roy Gill, David Llewellyn and Scott Hancock. This series created by Scott, uh, starring Alexander Vlahos. Fantastic stuff. A lovely bunch of four stories in here set in various different time periods. 1888, uh, 1915, 1948 and 2016. It's a super cool series, isn't it? Yeah, it really yeah. is great. It's, and, and, you know, it's one of those things that Alexander Vlahos is just, you know, born for that role. He just... It's just made for him. Yeah. And uh, and I love the uh, synopsis for Ever After by Scott Hancock, where it says, London, 2016, the end. <laughs> oh, that's good, isn't it? So uh, I, have oh. we played the trailer? I think we should. Yeah, here it is. Stay with me, please. Stay with me and talk. Relive old times. A prelude to the best ones yet to come? Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, the final series. Painting is like all forms of storytelling. First, before you get distracted by details, you need to flesh out the background. You need to give it a setting. You need to give it Tone. This is not about Constance nor the boys. This is about the young man who is about to change my life. This is about Dorian. You'd think the longer you live, the more you'd forget. But that isn't the case at all. You remember more and more, and it's always so 
visceral. Please! Every injury, every heartache, every death. Glee! Get stretch your organize! And I remember every single second of it. You hate it. I can feel you hating it from across the room. I don't hate it. But? It's not very Oscar, is it? How the hell would I know? Goodbye, Dorian. <sighs> Goodbye? Big finish. We love stories. There we are. Lovely. Nice, nice. Um, well, while I email Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website, Benji, uh, would you like to remind people how to get this incredible 25% discount in the style of Benji Clifford? Well, that'll be really hard, but I'll, I'll certainly try my best. Oh, well done. Super easy, guys. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com, head over to the podcast page. On the podcast page, it'll say the latest podcast from Big Finish. Click read more under the picture of myself and Nicholas Briggs. Uh. Then when you're in there, it says just click here and enter the code BUCKUP. That's B-U-C-K-U-P. BUCKUP. Enter it in and you will get your discount. It's as simple as that. You will get your power! Good. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rand. Lovely choice. And next week's podcast will be featuring Blake 7, the Origins uh, novelizations, and Fireball XL5, Cloud of a Billion Lies. I'm so glad you did that voice. The voice of Det-Ting. Was it, <laughs> was it Tem... Tem... Dick? Tem no, Dick? Was- <laughs> that was that was another character that I did there, the, the voice that I did for the Cloud of a Billion Lights. They spoke like this. No, it's one of those voices. It's one of those voices I didn't what know what. Have you done? I, I didn't know what I was going to do until it actually came to my line. I was just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to play this, and I just went. Yes, oh, it's a very serious happy, production. Happy memories of recording that. Yes. <laughs> Well, thanks again for you all for listening. I mean, this podcast for me is a happy memory, you know. It's, it's happened this week, but the beautiful thing is we relive it every week. I've forgotten The it. Big Finish podcast is presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. <laughs> uh, Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. And both Benji and I did this for, for the love of stories. <laughs> And finally, <coughs> and finally, <laughs> on the Big Finish podcast, The Avengers, The Fabulous Sky Beam Dilemma by Nigel Fares.
Worst film I've ever seen. And did you see his moustache coming off in the, the middle? The only good bit about it was the lolly I had in the interval. Usually derivative, and as for that awful music, sometimes I could barely hear the dialogue. <laughs> Rubbish! And you thought that film about the devil baby was bad? <laughs> <coughs> are you all right, Mandy? Oh, Phil. <coughs> what on earth are you doing to yourself? <coughs> Mandy? Mandy! Stand back, everyone. Give us some space. Mandy! Sir, if you wouldn't mind. Is she a nurse? Don't ask me. She's fainted. Not just fainted, sir. I'm afraid she's dead. Dover? About 19 miles southeast of Canterbury. Portus Dubris, originally, if you'd prefer it in Latin. I never prefer anything in Latin. The name was derived from the Brythonic word for water. Oh, really? Well, there is rather a lot of it there, Dover being a port. Which is rather to the point. Really? You want us to catch a boat? No, I want you to welcome one. Or more precisely, to welcome someone arriving on one. President Frederick Freddy Diaf. Who? He's on a state visit from a tiny European state called Gunstadt. I've never heard of that. Not many people have. Have you? Of course. I went there as a boy on what was laughably called an exchange. I don't remember exchanging anything at all with anyone. I might have caught a cold. No, oh, poor little you. Yes, poor little me. As I recall, the Diafs were quite an eccentric bunch. Well, they still are. But Freddy is the most popular of that bunch which is why he was voted in almost unanimously as president. Almost unanimously? That sounds ominous. Well, that's democracy for you. Uh, Rhonda, would you turn the bubbles down a little? They keep going up my nose. Thank you. So, you want us to welcome President Diaf and then show him a few of the local sites? That's the idea. Don't they have tourist guides in Dover? I'm guessing that's not all you'd like us to do, Mother. Well, yes, there might be a little something you could look into while you're there. Rhonda, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but you're looking a little peaky. Are you feeling quite all right? Yes, the girl died, I'm afraid. Well, of course we did everything to ensure that she... Just a minute! No, uh, not you. I was talking to the woman with the poodle. I've no idea. Well, would you like me to ask her? I don't think so. She looks very much alive to me. That's her tapping now. And that's her poodle. Oh, well, yes, of course you did. Oh, I do beg your pardon. In fact, I'm terribly sorry about the whole affair, though I do have high hopes for the raspberry. Oh, will you be quiet? No, not you, Mr... Oh, blast! Well, I'm looking forward to it, even if you're not. I didn't say I wasn't looking forward to it. Fresh sea air, a handful of sailors, and a president to entertain. I said, I hope that it doesn't rain. It sounds like a very pleasant afternoon to me. Not with my Brolly in the state that she is. Oh, yes, I see what you mean. She's falling to bits. It does look a little past its best. I've had Marigold for years. Marigold? Don't you name your umbrellas? I thought everyone did. Well, no, not really. Oh, poor Marigold. Perhaps we'll find a moment to pop to Woolworths and buy a new one. Woolworths? I don't think so. There's a gentleman I know not far from Dover, name of Geoffrey Gamp. Well, he would be. Perhaps President Diaf would like to meet him. I doubt that he'd be a one brolly kind of man. I should think not. According to Rhonda's little file, he likes to wear a different hat for every meal. Splendid. Uh, did you get to the bottom of her peakiness, by the way? No, she was very tight-lipped about the whole thing. So, what do you think? Bamboo or mahogany? Bamboo or mahogany what? Umbrella handle. What a dilemma. Exactly. I'd say it's entirely up to you, Steed. 
Now then, will we have time for our other little business before we drop the President off at his hotel, do you think? Oh, I doubt it, looking at this traffic. Besides, I have a feeling it's going to take us more than half an hour to investigate what happened to Mother's... Uh... Niece? Niece, yes. Funny, I never realised he had siblings. Do you suppose if we ever met them, we should call them aunt or uncle? <laughs> I suppose we ought. Right. Where is he, madam? We put him in the shed. It seemed the safest place for him. Really? Where's that? Well, the children are a little... <coughs> rowdy. <sighs> See what you mean? I wouldn't be a kid's entertainer if you paid me. Blimey! Oh, dear. Now, come on, sir. I don't think that's very wise, is it? Sir, would you please take that balloon out of your mouth? Oh, dear. They've certainly pulled out all the stops to greet President Diaf. Brass band, a military display, bunting. I hope he appreciates the effort. I see you've changed your tie, Steed. I thought I'd make an effort too. It's very nice, and so thoughtful of you to match my hat. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. I suppose we ought to get a bit closer to the boat. We are meant to be part of his welcoming committee. My thoughts exactly. Mm -hmm. Mine too. Mother, what are you doing here? I thought I've got an update for you about President Diaf. No, about my niece. I would have telephoned your hotel, but it's rather urgent. And I dropped my receiver in the jacuzzi. How careless. So, what's happened now? I'll tell you as soon as I've finished this. R Rhonda, did you by any chance bring... Um, oh, you did. Splendid. You would never have enough pepper on a pastrami sandwich, in my humble opinion. I do like your headscarf, Rhonda. Very decorative. Hmm. Matches my tie. And your hat, Tara. Is that the president? I imagine it must be. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's him, all right. He's smaller than I imagined. Yes, people often are. Odd, isn't it? Very. Oh, my. What a splendid reception. So many happy, happy faces. Oh, do you see Herman? And look at all the sweet little children waving their sweet little flags and balloons. Mm. Hello, little children. How jolly hockey sticks. That is what they say here in England, Herman. And when in England, as they say. <laughs> Do you hear the brass band playing the songs of our precious homeland? It quite brings tears to my eyes. Herman. Pass me your hanky, will you? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Excuse us, please. Yes, Steve. According to our man on the spot, 74 locals have inexplicably experienced severe stomach cramps necessitating emergency surgery in the last fortnight alone. Coming through. And although only a few of them have died... Oh, sorry, madam. Several of them remain in a critical condition. Including your niece. Yes. Uh, I'm afraid you can't cut past this rope, madam. Uh, I think you'll find we can. Oh, you might think that, but I think you'll... Rhonda, the passes, please. I'm going to have to ask you to... Ah, uh, yes. I think you were going to ask us to step this way, weren't you? Uh, yes. That's, uh, right, sir. Just past this rope? Uh, that's right, uh, madam. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. What a nice man, Steve. Indeed. So obliging. Now then, Mother, you were saying... One of them was a bank clerk. Locked himself in the safe overnight and tried to shoot himself with a stapler. How extraordinary. Another one was a clown almost suffocated himself trying to eat a handful of party balloons. Presumably because the stomach cramps were so bad. Presumably. Died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Are there any connections other than the stomach cramps? 
What does our man on the spot think? Nothing much anymore, I'm afraid. He drove his Hillman imp off the cliff this morning. Stomach cramps? And quite a severe case of alopecia. Alopecia? <laughs> Rhonda? Was it something I said? Something you repeated, Steed. Rhonda's recently lost a considerable amount of hair, hence the decorative headscarves. Oh dear. Is there anything connecting her to your man on the spot? Or to any of the other victims? Nothing at all. Nor is there connecting any of them to each other. Hmm. I think it might be an idea if I take a look at your man's reports. Yes. I'll show you where his spot was, if you don't mind pushing. I'd be delighted. You'll be all right charming President Diaf on your own for a while, won't you? Oh, I think I can manage that. President Diaf, I presume? Oh, please, call me Freddy. Everybody calls me Freddy. <laughs> well, everybody's that I like, and I have a feeling I'm going to like you. <laughs> oh, I hope so. The name's King. Tara King. A king and a president, yeah? <laughs> How jolly hockey sticks. Oh, yes, jolly hockey sticks. Uh, Miss King, this is my friend Herman. Say hello, Herman. Mm -hmm. Hello, Herman. I am so looking forward to seeing the military display that your government has been kind enough to organise for me. We all are. I think your observation platform is just up these steps. After you. Uh, no, please. After you. You see, Herman, I can be quite the English gentleman. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I will be allowed to have a go in a tank. Alas, we cannot afford them in Gunstadt. Oh, I'm sure we can arrange that, Freddy. Oh, jolly hockey sticks! Hello, everybody! <laughs> Tell me, Miss King, what is that funny little automobile there? Oh, th that's an ice cream van, Freddy. Mm. And who is Mr. Whopper? Mr. Whopper makes the ice cream. It's his van. Oh, really? A man in a van selling ice creams. Did you hear that, Herman? How covent. We don't have those in Gunstadt either. Oh, how sad. Three delicious iced lollies for all the children. Come and get them. Half price for mummies and daddies. Oh, no need to push, little girl. There are enough delicious iced lollies for everyone. Is that your daddy? Would you like one as well, sir? Only thrapence to you and your lovely wife today. Oi! You! Uh, me? Yeah, you, Mr. Whopper. Uh, that is my name. Do not wear it out, as they say. Why ain't my lolly got a free card? It says on your van you get a free card. <laughs> my, aren't you a playful little tyke? Uh, but of course you get a free card with your delicious iced lolly, little boy. Here you are. Oh, that one's got worse all over it. So it has. Here, have a clean one. Oh, and why not have another delicious iced lolly to go visit? They're all free to play for little tykes like you today. Will this one have a card in it in all? But of course it will. It's the same as the other one! Three delicious ice lollies for all. Come and get them, children! Oi! This is the same card as the other one you... <laughs> Listen to me, you little monster. You have had two free lollies. If you want to live to eat another one, or anything else for that matter, <coughs> might I suggest you scarper right now? Yes, Mr. Whopper. Sorry, Mr. Whopper. Big finish for the love of stories.